Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey into the past, we're going to be talking about chickens. That's right. Poultry has had quite a history in the Battle Creek area and all over the state of Michigan. Did you know that there was an American Poultry Association in the country and that was founded in 1873? But one of the residents here in Battle Creek founded a poultry magazine in 1885 that became a national magazine for many many years so we're going to explore some of the poultry history of these associations and we're going to talk chicken today so come along and join me So let's begin by looking at the American Poultry Association. Now, I'm getting this information from a website called The Chicken Whisperer, which is uh, quite amusing as a title. It all started with an informal meeting held in Boston in January 1873 for the purpose of forming an American poultry organization. The meeting, the meeting consisted of some of the prominent poultry breeders in the community of Boston, and it also included poultry breeders from New England, and the meeting ended with the promise to reconvene the following month in Buffalo, New York, where they had scheduled a February 1873 meeting of their newly organized American Poultry Association. Now, the APA was the leader in poultry breeding and exhibition for the next century and a half. World wars and technological change have brought challenges to its members and their birds, but it's come through to continue leadership into the 21st century. But back when it all started, the first order of business of the newly formed organization was the need for a workable standard for poultry breeding. So six members stepped up to develop the first standard of excellence and it was adopted on January 15th 1874 at a meeting in Buffalo New York and the publication immediately became the first guidebook for poultry judging in North America so this first standard described 46 breeds of chickens some with multiple varieties and within its 102 pages this is how big the booklet was and it became sort of a bible of the standard bred poultry for breeders and judges who would judge poultry exhibitions around the country. The next edition of this book would come out in January 1875, and the standard was expanded at that time to 243 pages, encompassing 73 breeds and varieties. And by 1888, they changed the name to the Standard of Perfection. Revising the standard was complicated in the early days. Communication was slow, and some meetings lasted three weeks. The first standard had only one illustration. By the early 1900s, the standard had only a few drawings identifying points, disqualifications and defects of the different birds and their breeds. Most of the illustrations were unsatisfactory, but that changed with the 1905 edition. Since then, every edition has included many illustrations of the ideal specimen. 
several talented poultry artists emerged, and the most recognized was Arthur O. Schilling. The first colored feather illustrations appeared in the 1910 edition of this booklet, but they were not included again until the 1953 edition. 33 years later, in 1983, the first full-color edition was released, and a man by the name of Brat Atwood led that project as chairman of the Standard Color Committee. He and his committee coordinated its development and secured the sponsorships needed for the original color paintings that were used in this historic edition. And through all of this, the standard of perfection has evolved into what is today nearly 400 pages of descriptions, diagrams, and color illustrations of all breeds and varieties of standard bred poultry. And the APA has been publishing the Standard of Perfection booklet for over 145 years. Now, I'll bet many of you out there never even realized that there was such a thing with poultry breeding. But there's a bit of history that connects to Michigan as well. Now, there was a man by the name of George Sackett Barnes who lived in Battle Creek and he was born in 1867, and he died in 1925. He had served as the mayor of Battle Creek in 1905. But probably his largest claim to fame was when he was 18 years old, he founded a publication called the Michigan Poultry Breeder. And that would have been around 1885. So this was just a few years after the national organization was formed. And he served as the publisher for the poultry breeder for many years and became an authority on the subject in the area. And his magazine was distributed nationally. And it was a well-read magazine for people breeding chickens, basically. And it became somewhat of a standard publication in the trade, which led to a later establishment of the Michigan Poultry Breeders Association, which I'll get to in a minute. So George was an interesting character. His mother was born in Albion. After his mom got married and he was born, they didn't stay very long in Albion, and they moved to Battle Creek when he was a boy. He became a publisher at a very young age, and he later purchased the Game Fancier's Journal as the Michigan Poultry Breeder magazine became popular. Under a company called the Phoenix Publishing Company, he later sold the publishing company later in life and moved on to other projects, but he would be also very involved with the community. He served as the county treasurer in 1910, and he, before that, had run for mayor of Battle Creek and won in 1905. And he was the nephew of the well-known newspaper editor and historian that I've mentioned before on this podcast, and that is Charles Barnes. So he was the nephew of Charles Barnes. Charles Barnes was also a naturalist, so it was kind of run in this family that they were very interested in natural history. And George Barnes was obviously very much into poultry breeding and establishing some standards in the industry. And his publication, as I mentioned before, became a very popular publication not only in Michigan but around the country. And he had a national subscription to this uh, magazine that he published. So, so that's a little history of chicken lore coming out of Battle Creek. 
Now, there was an article that was published in 1916 on New Year's Day, and it covered, in that newspaper edition, there was a lot of historical articles. And one of the articles was the story of the largest poultry association in the state of Michigan being organized in Battle Creek. And that organization began in 1912. Well, it actually started around 1911, when two men who were entire strangers to each other encountered each other at William Peach Drugstore, downtown Battle Creek, and seated themselves at the soda fountain. While sitting there, one of them chanced to ask the other if he knew where he could secure some day-old chicks. And the course of the conversation led to a very involved discussion on chickens and the raising of them and the breeds and so forth. And these two gentlemen began to develop an idea that there should be an organization to serve as a resource for people that were into raising poultry in the area. And these two men were Fred A. Hines, who was a well-known tailor in Battle Creek, and Harry S. Parker, who was a furrier. So they created the first idea to establish a poultry association. And afterwards, they recruited 23 poultry men in the area, and they held their first meeting in the Chamber of Commerce rooms. And they've established a constitution of the poultry association as well as bylaws and it became the Battle Creek Poultry Association. And there was a whole list of members that were involved, but those first two members that formed it was Fred A. Hines and Harry S. Parker. Now, by 1912, in December of that year, they held their very first poultry show in Battle Creek. And at that time, there was only $23 in the treasury of the association. Although the expenses connected with the show amounted to about $1,000, these fees were more than met by the number of people that attended the show. So the show was such a decided success that they decided to hold another one in December of the following year. And the shows became an annual event in Battle Creek. And the organization grew to being well over 200 members, and they would begin holding their meetings in larger venues as the years went on, including the banquet room at the Post Tavern. So over the years, the organization of course, had officers and presidents, and it became one of the largest organizations for poultry breeding in the state of Michigan. And their annual event, they would publish a 74-page booklet of the attendees, and the show was reputed as being one of the best poultry shows in the state. And it intended to draw large breeders throughout the country every year at the Battle Creek Show. And this was as of 1916. It had grown in five years to that size. And it was quite a considerable success within the community. So poultry breeding basically became a statewide activity. Not saying that it started entirely with the association in Battle Creek, because I believe it was spearheaded and led by the National Poultry Association that was founded that became more nationally recognized. But certainly the publications of George Barnes put Battle Creek on the map in, in terms of the subject of poultry breeding with the publication of that trade newspaper that he had built a national subscription with. So the Poultry Association that was founded in Battle Creek, it's not surprising it became quite large. And it's just a little piece of history 
in southwest Michigan that I found pretty interesting. Now, in the early 20th century, the American Poultry Association had become a dominant organization in the poultry industry. And by 1902, some members attempted to turn the APA into a trade association representing both commercial and exhibition poultry interests. The poultry industry had grown and diversified to the point that different segments of the industry on a national level were specializing in specific areas. There was the hatchery industry, which had become huge, and most of the board of directors felt that the baby chick business was not in the best interest of the poultry industry because of the competing opinions about the future of the industry at the APA convention in 1915, members proposed establishing separate departments within the association that would favor the commercial poultry industry. One would be for baby chicks. The board decided that these departments had to continue to focus on the superiority of standard bred poultry in its judging. So there was different aspects and departments of the whole poultry industry as they began to divide it into the different areas of specialty. Everything from the breeds to the handling of baby chicks, the handling of eggs, the conditions that the birds were bred in, what were the qualities of a very well-bred chicken. So the American Association became a premier organization in the standard bred poultry industry, and it still holds that position today, but because it's overemphasizing of the different aspects of the industry, the APA lost some of its stature in the commercial industry. So by the 1920s, there was an increased interest in exhibiting poultry, and by 1925, there were 300 major poultry shows nationwide, not including fairs and junior shows. The largest show at that time was in New York City in January each year at Madison Square Gardens. Can you imagine a chicken show in 1925 was held at Madison Square Gardens? Other important shows were held in Chicago, Boston, Portland, and Kansas City. Along with these major events and many local shows, most state and county fairs of that era also had poultry exhibits. So if you went to the state fair, you saw these poultry exhibits, and there were uh, a major part of the shows in the 1920s. So the APA today is the oldest livestock organization in North America and continues to work to improve standard-bred poultry breeding, as well as confirmation and judging. So it is a fascinating organization, and the APA has had a 145-plus-year history in the United States. And, of course, Battle Creek has that fascinating history with George Barnes and the Michigan Poultry Breeder Journal that he published, and also the Game Fancier's Journal, which he later owned and continued publication on. And he was well-respected when he passed away in the community for not only his work in the publishing industry, but his contributions to the community as mayor and being very involved as a uh, philanthropist in the community and being involved in community organizations. And he passed away in 1925. And did you know today there's an organization called Michigan Allied Poultry Industries, which is based out of Hamilton, Michigan, which is between 
Allegan and Holland, and they still exist today to continue the advancement and the prosperity of the poultry industry through advocacy, education, and collaboration in Michigan. And I know there's a big poultry processing center down in the Coldwater area, and I don't remember if that is Armour Eckrich Meats or if that is Clemens Food Group or something like that, but they are a poultry processing plant down in uh, the Coldwater area, which is Branch County in southwest Michigan, and there probably are several other types of processing plants in the southwest Michigan area, as well as poultry breeding farms, and there's a lot of poultry breeders in common households, and I think today with the price of eggs going up, it's a a popular pastime, and I wished I lived in an area that allowed me uh, to raise a few chickens because I think I would probably take advantage of that. You know, who doesn't like fresh eggs for breakfast? It is uh, an advantage of having a little bit of country life out there. And it's historically what people did as a staple of their regular diets. So that's going to conclude today's journey through history. Perhaps you're favoring the idea of a chicken sandwich for lunch now. Maybe a little bit of chicken fritters or some uh, chicken nuggets out there. But um, it's a little bit of poultry business today to talk about some of that history here in Michigan as well as coming out of Battle Creek. And I found that was just a little bit of a fascinating story to know that there was a national publication about poultry that came out of southwest Michigan for a number of years, way back in its time. And that's just another interesting chapter in Southwest Michigan stories. So, as always, if you're listening out there on a particular app that you enjoy, see if you can leave a rating for this podcast on that app. And if you're listening on Spotify, take advantage and support me with a subscription. It's only a dollar a month, and every bit is appreciated. And if you have time, leave a review on whatever app you're using because that helps more than you realize on getting people to find the podcast and learn a little bit more about Southwest Michigan's history. And I personally believe staying connected with history and sharing it with others is very important to navigate through present time and the challenges that we face because, as I mentioned before in another episode where I read The article, Why Study History, History in Itself, is described by that author as the laboratory of the human experience. And that's essentially what I'm trying to do every episode, is to share with you a little slice of the laboratory of the human experience. Some of them are funny, some of them are sad, some are uplifting and inspiring, and others are just head-scratchers. And that's what history is all about. It teaches you the challenges and events of the past that people faced and the solutions that they used and they acted upon and whether or not they worked. And because of it being the past, we can examine it from many angles and try to gain the most accurate understanding of what happened and whether or not we should repeat those actions of the past. So there's a lot of wisdom from studying history. There's also a lot of shock and awe that follows with it in comparison to present time. And there's a lot of reflection that follows along with that. But I've never been a believer in studying history to punish people in present time for things that happened before they came along that they had no control over. 
So history is a vital subject. It's good to keep a little bit of that as part of our own educational experience day to day. And a podcast is a great way to do that. And that's why I work on this podcast and try to produce three episodes a week because history is a vast subject of all kinds of interesting tales. And so if you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening. <laughs>